Our scripture reading, as has been said, is from Psalm 145. I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All your works praise you, O Lord. Your faithful people extol you. They tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might so that all people may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. For your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is trustworthy in all his promises and faithful in all he does. The Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you, Lord, and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. The Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. Well, thanks, Rod. Now... I wonder, have you ever had a task or a project to do that was so big, so unfamiliar, that you had no idea where to even start? Something like looking to buy your own home, do your own taxes, put together IKEA furniture, raise a child. They're all examples of difficult and potentially overwhelming tasks. And there are plenty of other examples I'm sure each of us have encountered. Now I wonder, does prayer feel like that for you? 
Does prayer feel like a task so big, so unfamiliar that you have no idea where to even start? It has felt that way to me at times in my life and my hunch is that I'm not alone in that feeling. So our topic for the next four weeks is prayer and a bit like those tasks or projects, prayer is such a broad topic that it's hard to know where to even get started. So in preparing for this series, I wrote down all the questions about prayer that I could think of. And my goal is to answer all of those questions. It's an ambitious goal, but we'll give it a good crack. And I hope that whatever questions that you have about prayer will be answered as the series goes on. So on this hugely broad and important topic of prayer, where it's hard to know where to even begin... Let's begin by attempting to understand what prayer actually is and why we need to pray. So that's why the title of this talk is Prayer, What Is It? Because if we're going to be spending a whole month thinking about prayer, a great place to start would be understand what prayer actually is. We must first make sure we understand what prayer really is before we can get into tackling some of the other questions that we have. So it's at this point that a definition of what prayer is would be really helpful. Now, definition by its very nature will be a a narrow, a simplistic thing, and it won't cover everything, but it's a helpful place to start. So here's the one sentence of definition of prayer which we'll be working with this series. Prayer is a real personal connection with God in response to his character. So let me say that again. Prayer is a real, personal connection with God in response to his character. And the fact that prayer is our response to the character of God is why Psalm 145 was read for us earlier. As this whole psalm is a prayer of response to the character of God. The psalm is a poem of praise written by King David. And throughout this psalm, we see the many aspects of God's character have been revealed to him. The first example that we find is in verse 8, where it says, The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, and rich in love. The characteristics of God, His grace, His compassion, His patience, and His love, they're on full display in this short verse. And verse 8 is just the first of seven clear statements in this psalm about the character and the qualities of God which all begin with the Lord is. In verse 9, the Lord is good to all. In verse 13, the Lord is trustworthy, keeping his word and fulfilling all his promises. In verse 14, the Lord raises up all those who humble themselves before him. In verse 17, the Lord is perfect and righteous in everything that he does. In verse 18, the Lord is near to and ready to rescue all those who call out to him. And finally, in verse 20, the Lord watches over all who love him. And so as this psalm goes on, it builds up for us this word picture of who God is, what his character is. The character of God is that he is gracious, compassionate, patient, loving, trustworthy, perfect and righteous. He defends, he rescues, he protects those who humble themselves enough to seek him out. 
Now, it's important to remember, this is not a complete list of all of God's qualities. We can never hope to create such a list in our wildest dreams. And it's not even a complete list of all the qualities that are mentioned in this psalm. I've only highlighted a few verses for us. But it does begin to provide us with a picture of who God is and what qualities make up his character. And this picture of who God is, all these qualities that make up his character, by its very nature, it it motivates a response. I'll even go so far as saying it demands a response. And this is why earlier in the definition of prayer, I said that prayer is a real personal connection with God in response to his character. The author of this psalm, King David, he has seen and he has experienced God's character. We can see his response to God's character at both the beginning and the end of this psalm. On either side of this list, either side of this word picture of all the amazing attributes and qualities of God, David begins and ends the psalm by saying, I will praise the name of God forever and ever. Psalm 145, it shows us the remarkable character of God revealed in creation and throughout the generations. And it shows us that it demands a response of eternal praise. Something being so extraordinary and amazing that it demands a response? Well, we know this from our own experiences, don't we? We watch a great TV show. We hear an awesome song. We eat some delicious food. And our natural response is, I want more of that. We want to watch a few more episodes. We want to listen to the rest of the album. We want to find out the recipe so we can make that food for ourselves and continue to enjoy that amazing experience. That's our natural response to something that's amazing. And even more than that, not only is our natural response to do whatever we can so that we can enjoy more of that amazing thing, but we also want to tell other people about it so they can enjoy it too. It's so satisfying when we share that thing with someone else and they get hooked on it as well. Early on in our dating relationship, one of the things that Liz and I bonded over was our mutual love of a few uh, TV shows. But one that I had watched and she hadn't was uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine and I loved it. I said, Liz, you've got to watch it. And she did. She watched it and she loved it. She's seen uh, every episode of every season now. and That's just so great to share that together. And I think now there's a new season of episodes coming out. I think she's even more excited about them than I am. And it's because sharing experiences that we enjoy with people that we care about, that's just such a joyful part of life. If something is really and truly amazing and mind-blowing, we'll probably go on about it at every opportunity, so much so that it eventually irritates our friends and family. When we do all these things, we often do them without even thinking about it. We do these things as our natural, instinctive response to something that is great. In contrast, prayer doesn't come as naturally or as instinctively to us. Rather than being our natural response, prayer as a response to God's character is something that we have to learn and be persistent in. But it's worth being persistent with prayer. Because prayer is not just something that we observe and then react to, like a TV show or a song or a movie. More often than not, 
we have no real personal connection with the creators of these things. In contrast, though, prayer is something that we're involved in. It's interactive. It's personal. Because in God's kindness, we can have a real personal connection with him through prayer. We can have a real personal connection with the creator of all things. So let's look at that word picture of God's qualities from Psalm 145 again. So that God is gracious, compassionate, patient and loving, trustworthy, perfect and righteous. He's a rescuer and a protector. All of these qualities are relational qualities, relational qualities that express themselves in personal relationship. And God desires this personal relationship with each of us. So let's respond to God's desire to have a personal relationship with us. Let's work on cultivating a habit of prayer so that it becomes more and more of a natural response to us. Here's an application I want you to take away from this week. A way that you can work on prayer becoming a more instinctive response to God. The application is, set the background of your phone to this word picture from Psalm 145. You can take a picture of the screen now. We'll also upload it to the Facebook community group uh, later today and a downloadable image we'll send out in the uh, weekly email. This is my application for you all because although you aren't all teenagers on your phones 24-7, you know, I'm sure the majority of people here have a smartphone and you look at it at least once a day, if not more often than that. And I want you to do this because there is just something that is so effective about having a visual reminder. I've had this word picture of God's characteristics from Psalm 145 as my phone background for the past week. It's made such a difference in my prayers each day as I'm constantly being reminded of God's character. So I encourage you to do the same this week and cultivate prayer as your natural response to God's character. All right, then, to summarize where we're up to so far, we've looked at the question of prayer. What is it? And we've seen that prayer is a real personal connection with God in response to his character. And having this definition and this understanding of what prayer is, it also helps us answer the next important question, which we will look at as part of this series. And that question is why do we need to pray? Why do we need to pray? To answer that question, let's look back to Psalm 145 and consider how this psalm begins. Verse 1 of Psalm 145, there it says, I will exalt you, my God the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Well, the writer of this psalm, David, he's king over all of Israel. But here, David recognises that even though he is the king of an earthly kingdom with more power and authority than anyone else in his country, he's not the one with all the power and all the authority. He recognises that the Lord is both his God and his king. And God's kingdom is far superior to David's. Uh, Look at verse 13. There it says, Your kingdom is is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures through all generations. 
David rightly recognises that the Lord is both his God and his king. And so David's response is to honour God's name as it rightly deserves to be honoured. David says he will praise God's name forever and ever. For this is the appropriate way to honour the king of the everlasting kingdom. And we see this principle at work uh, all around us in our everyday lives. When someone has a position of power and of authority, it's important that they are shown the proper level of respect that uh, that position holds. So before I started working and studying in uh, full-time ministry, I worked in the Air Force for 10 years. And during this time, this principle of giving the appropriate level of respect uh, to people in positions of power and authority, it was drilled into me very early on in my career. Right from the time when I first joined the Air Force, going through my initial training, we had to learn all the ranks of all the Navy, the Army and the Air Force We need to learn all the ranks of all the different parts of the military because if we're ever walking along and we cross paths with anyone who was an officer, we needed to salute them, address them as sir if they were male or ma'am if they were a female. And if the person was a really high rank, like the boss of the whole base, you you really made sure you paid the appropriate level of respect that was due to that person. Because on the flip side, you're failing to salute an officer, failing to properly address them as sir or ma'am, that was something that you really didn't want to do. There would be consequences to make sure that such a disrespectful thing wouldn't happen again. Now, when it comes to God, the creator and sustainer of the whole world, the king of the everlasting kingdom, well, he is a much higher rank than anyone I ever crossed paths with in my military career. So we need to respond to God with the proper respect and honour that he is due. The way in which we honour God, it's not with a salute or by calling him Sir God, but instead it is through prayer. Prayer is a way in which we can treat God with the honour which he deserves. This then is the answer to that question of why do we need to pray? We need to pray because prayer is a way in which we honour God a way that we treat him as he deserves to be treated. But that's only part of the answer. Beyond being a way in which we honour God and treat him as he deserves to be treated, prayer is also the key way in which we express our dependence upon him. Because in contrast, those high-ranking military officers who I needed to honour when I passed by but then wouldn't have any further contact with, God is both worthy of honour And he also desires a relationship with us. As has been highlighted already, God is full of relational qualities. And he desires this personal relationship with each of us. But we need to remember that this is not a relationship between two equals. So prayer is a way that we declare that God is the almighty God and we are only people. In prayer we declare that he's the creator... And we are the created. In prayer we declare he is independent and we are dependent. Prayer is a way that we admit all of this to be true in our lives. And when we ask God to provide for us, to protect us from evil, to save us from danger, as it demonstrates in verses 18 and 19 of the psalm that we looked at, 
we're actually admitting that God has the power to do something with these requests means that we admit that we can't do it all ourselves, but rather we're dependent on the God who can do it all himself. It actually takes some guts to admit this because as human beings, we want to be independent. Can you remember back to that feeling of getting your driver's license for the first time? That feeling of independence, of being able to go wherever you wanted to go. It's a great feeling, that feeling of independence. As well as wanting to do things on our own and be independent, well, we want to do things on our own so that we can do them that, the way that we want them to be done. You know, if you live alone, you know the great satisfaction of everything in your house being done the way that just you like it to be done. But sooner or later, we all have to admit that we can't do it all on our own. King David recognised this fact in Psalm 145. And if David, who was a king, can humble himself and admit that he's dependent on God, well, then we can too. So having considered our dependence upon God, we've now built a fuller answer to that question of why do we need to pray? And that fuller answer is, we need to pray because prayer is a way in which we honour God a way in which we treat him as he deserves to be treated, and a way in which we express our dependence upon him. So then this, with this understanding of why we need to pray fresh in our minds, let's consider the implications of what happens both when we pray and also when we fail to pray. So on the one hand, when we pray, we recognize our dependence on God and we put effort into having a real personal relationship with him and when we pray we give him the praise that he is worthy of receiving when we pray we respect god and give him the honor and the thanks that he deserves in summary when we pray we are treating god properly as god but on the opposite hand if we fail to pray if we fail to put effort into having a real personal relationship with God, we're actually ignoring him. And in fact, we're turning our backs toward him. If we fail to pray, we dishonor God by not giving him the praise that he's worthy of receiving. And if we fail to pray, we disrespect God by not giving him the thanks that he deserves. And if we fail to pray, we... We fail to express our dependence on him for all that he provides for us. Essentially saying that we can do it on our own without him, which is the very heart of sin. And so if we fail to pray, fundamentally, we fail to treat God properly as God. So I hope you now see the reason why we absolutely need to pray is so that we honour God, we treat him as he deserves to be treated, and so that we express our dependence upon him. How then are we going to act upon this truth? Having been convinced of the need to pray, how then are we actually going to pray? How are we going to do it? Well, that's the topic we'll be exploring next week. But until then, let me suggest one practical step that we can take this week. So we've just read Psalm 145 today. So only five Psalms after this in the whole book. Psalms 146 through to 150. 
These five psalms, they're called the Hallelujah Psalms because each of the five psalms, they begin and they end with the call to Hallelujah, the call to praise the Lord. Well, let's respond to this call to praise the Lord this week. Let's read through and pray through these five psalms of praise this week. So start in Psalm 146 tomorrow and you'll finish with Psalm 150 on Friday. As you read through uh, these psalms each day, use the words of the psalms in your prayers. Pray along with the authors of these psalms uh, and praise the Lord, responding to his wonderful character. Treat him as he deserves to be treated. Express your dependence upon him. Will you do that along with me this week? Let me conclude now by praying to and praising our God. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift and privilege of prayer, for the personal connection that we can have with you in response to who you are. We recognize our desire to be independent and to live our lives the way that we want. Humble us, Father, so that we may honor and praise you as you rightly deserve. And may you use this time over the next few weeks to teach us all much more about prayer And as we do, may we grow closer to you. Amen.